Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Shad. This week we cover Blood Tide from the 1980s. Before the dawn of civilization, in the early light of man's existence, life was an eternal struggle between good and evil. The ancients knew the way to placate the beast that lurked beneath the eternal sea. Sacrifice. Virgin sacrifice. It is not often that visitors happen on Cinaron. You are on Greek soil. What's going on here, Madeline? I come to this crazy island to look for you. Where are you? No! And your friend here takes a knife to my throat. The natives here aren't exactly friendly. They don't like people to take things out of the water. It's down there. I saw it. trying to conjure up now there is no such thing as new evil evil has always been with us the same evil that you roused from its ancient sleep you do your voodoo on your own people! Time is running out for all of us. There's not really a date on this. The film, it's copyright on the stamp. You know, the beginning of the film says 1981, but there's other... Uh, dates on it online 82 84 84. so somewhere in the early 80s this movie was released i get a feeling this is one of those ones i saw it was also listed under another title too so who knows maybe it was released under blood tide and then released under demon song or whatever the other one was so it's probably had some releases on there well you know you have like blood diner you have uh um blood rage So I'm, I'm sure they were like, mm, I don't know. Let's, what was it did you say? Blood, uh, Demon Seed? Demon Song. Demon Song. Okay. Demon so, Seed would also would have been appropriate, but I guess that was already taken. Yeah, right? that would have been a good one for this. But oddly, uh, they, somebody had beat him to that punch. So this is a movie that's part of our Monster Mayhem month. And this was one neither one of us had seen, so we decided to give it a try. We have some recognizable faces in here. Um, Shad. Well, we have some recognizable faces and one very recognizable voice. We have James Earl Jones in this playing the uh, Shakespeare quoting fortune uh, hunter. He's in the Greek Isles to look for treasure. And I'm 99% sure that James Earl Jones only agreed to do this movie under the uh, stipulation that I'll do it, but I get to quote Shakespeare randomly throughout the entire movie because I just want to do Shakespeare on film. I agree with that because I'm going to say more than half of his lines are Shakespearean lines. (laughs) He doesn't have a lot of actual original dialogue. Most of it's him quoting Shakespeare. And James Earl Jones was, when we watched this, we thought, oh, 
he must be about 30 when he made this movie. No, he was 50, and he looked fabulous. Yeah, we thought maybe between like 35 and 40. He has some grays, which that doesn't really denote whether you're old or not. You could have gray when you're 16 years old. But he looks, he does look really good, and he's like 90 now, and it's insane. Yeah, and he does some crazy stuff in this movie. I never thought I would see James Earl Jones punching a watermelon open on the beach shirtless and then just eating it with his hands. But you get to see that in this movie. So if that's a thing you're into, it's in this film. Actually, I do have a list of things um, that do happen in the film. I'm going to list off <laughs> Joe Bob style, uh, Joe Bob style-ish. The list of things. Let's cover the other main face you'll recognize from this movie. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I just skipped over the main. The other uh, main actor you'll recognize in this is Martin Cove from The Karate Kid, Cobra Kai, uh, quite a few things in the 80s, including my favorite show with him, Hard Time on Planet Earth, where he was an alien general sentenced to prison on planet Earth, and he had to roam around, uh, you know, like Incredible Hulk style, just going from place to place, getting into trouble and helping people out. It made it 13 whole episodes back in 1989. That's a lot of episodes. <laughs> yeah, for that show it was. All right, so my list of things. Now, this list, these are everything I'm going to say you're going to see in this movie. So at the end of this list, if this is like, man, I need to freaking see this movie ASAP. We saw it on? Uh, Tubi. We saw it on Tubi. So That's our go-to. You, Unless we tell you otherwise, just assume we saw it on Tubi. <laughs> <laughs> Make mental note, probably on Tubi. They're my favorite service. I wish they had a paid one you could get that didn't have ads in it. I would totally buy it. The first one's going to be kind of weird, but we thought it was hilarious. Two green velour tracksuits, four nipples, under boob, white tight men's shorts, monster mm. dick painting, 30-year-old virgin, ancestral kissing, treasure, water, watermelon punch, <laughs> punching, drunken Darth Vader, and nun massacre. If any of these or all of them are like, ding, 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 I need to see this film, Blood Tide is the film for you. Yeah. So the plot is Martin Cove and his wife are going to a Greek island to look for his sister who's been missing for some time. And Martin Cove is wearing the tightest white shorts you've ever seen in your life. And he even does his little sexy happy dance on the edge of the boat for everyone, which is quite a thing to see. After watching him all the years in Cobra Kai and all the like super serious kind of heavy roles he's done, to see him being kind of the like funny, adventurous guy in this is really weird. And... He has also got some other outfits on here. I particularly liked his uh, vest with no shirt. You just wear the vest. Buttoned, by the way. You button up the whole vest and you just wear it. There was like two two buttons at the bottom that were not buttoned up. Yeah. It was like right before the crotch. He was like, I'm leaving this kind of open. It's like the opposite of like the woman's like low cut shirt. Yeah. He did the reverse low cut. (laughs) And he's just... Like I said, the outfits, whoever was in charge of the wardrobe on this movie was obviously drunk because they came up with some crazy shit. 
They did, but they're in Greece, and they really are, like, in Greece. And it's hot as balls, I'm sure. So they're, everyone in the film, even James Earl Jones, are, like, wearing mimino clothing. Like, everyone is just, like, yeah, there's I'm There's a just... lot of shirtless Darth Vader in this. If that's another <laughs> thing you wanted to see, it's in there. Shirtless Darth Vader. <laughs> now I'm picturing him with the helmet on, just laying on the beach. Hilarious. I don't know why, but I just thought of Spaceballs, because, you know, the helmet gets, like, bigger and bigger. Yeah. It's a huge fucking helmet. But yeah, so they're going to look for the sister has been missing. She's an artist. And she is currently hanging out with a bunch of nuns at the monastery on the island. The island where back in the old days, in order to make sure they weren't attacked by the monster, they would feed it a virgin from time to time, like you do. Like you do. You know, until I saw what we do in the shadows, I never understood the whole why the virgins had to be fed. It was always virgins they fed. And then what we do in the shadows explained it. And I was like, oh, okay, I get that now. Now, if you're that kind of person, like myself, that, and depending on the film, needs, because I am kind of weird on some things, needs like a backstory to why this is happening, where the monster come from, what is the monster, where is the monster from? You're not going to get, you're going to get very minor details, okay? Just fucking go with it. Because they don't really say why the monster has chosen this specific place, how long, I mean, it, you, we could assume it's been going on based on the paintings that she's restoring for like 15 whatever 1500 like bc yeah and i mean it predates you know christ so it's some kind of demon water monster that has to be appeased why this town didn't just blow its fucking head off is besides me because later on like that's literally how they kill it is they just blow its head off yeah that's i mean like no one and let me tell you the greek men in this film do own guns <laughs> so either they were terrible shots lazy or you know what maybe they were into the whole like sacrificial virgin thing because there's nothing else to do in that in that island they was just okay well tonight we're gonna get together we're gonna eat some delicious food and we're gonna watch a virgin be you know sacrificed must be because, like, okay, I get it back in the days when you only had a bow and arrow and a spear. Maybe you had a hard time killing this monster. But at the point that you've got automatic rifles, I feel like the monster's scariness factor went down a whole lot. And since it's mostly in the water, I don't know, build a fence? That yeah, should hold, slow it down a little bit. <laughs> and this monster is not fucking around. It has sharp, like, you know, sharp claws or whatnot. I do like the look of the monster. I have this thing where if I see a monster that's maybe like cream or white colored, it just stands out. The monster reminded me of a monster from another movie, but I can't really pinpoint. I'm trying to remember what movie it is. I think it's like uh, some kind of a dragon, but it kind of looks like a dragon. It reminded me of a dragon. A little bit like a dragon, maybe a little like seahorse looking in the face. Yes, yes. A seahorse dragon. And apparently a seahorse dragon with a large penis, according to the painting that we saw in the film. (laughs) Yes. A large curved penis for the lady's comfort. The large curved penis that literally scared the 30-year-old virgin 
with fear like she was so fearful she ran out of the monastery <laughs> like a like you've never seen a human being run out of a place before she was just flaring all around it was just it was a lot to see spoiler alert <laughs> spoiler alert it's martin cove's sister that's the virgin and she is in her 30s and she's a beautiful girl, so I don't know why she waited that long. No explanation on it either. She never, it's never said that she's not trying to become a nun, and that's why she was in the monastery. Maybe I feel like she's an artist, so she had no money to actually stay anywhere. She wasn't going to give up, quote unquote, her goods to like stay at like some, you know, hook up with some dude and just stay with him there. So she's like, you know what, who's going to take me in? Because they always take you in is the nunnery. And I'm a virgin, so wink, wink, they're going to be all about me because I'm, you know, that's like supreme nun right there. Yeah, so they could have at least made some passing line. He could have just said, oh, my sister was always very religious. Fine, that's it. That's all you had to say. But they don't even bother to give you that. Just one line would have explained why, that. you know, she's, especially because this movie's in the early 80s, man. The 70s was going on, sexual revolution happening everywhere, but not for her. Gosh. And there's another recognizable actor in this, that Jose Ferrer. He plays the uh, the leader, the mayor of the town there. And you've seen him in a ton of things. But he just has, in this movie, he mainly just shows up and says, you may not leave now for reasons I will not specify. Thank you. And then walks away. <laughs> you know what I forgot to add in my list? What's that? Uh, <laughs> flying squirrel cat. Oh, yes. When Martin Cove and his wife first arrive on the island as they're just walking down the streets, you get treated to this shot where someone obviously just threw this poor cat through the air. I mean, no, it was a little girl that threw yeah, it. I'm yeah. just saying, some, you don't know at first who it is. Oh, yeah. You, but yeah. Just, and even in real life, someone threw this cat through the air because this cat is in midair with its feet spread out. Like, like a, a flying squirrel. Like a flying squirrel screaming for its life because this cat has been thrown from God knows where. Lands in front of him, almost gives him a heart attack. And then the little kids pop up and are just laughing and giggling and having a good time because apparently this is the kind of thing that the little bastards on the island do. And, yeah, this is definitely not a scene that would fly today. The animal cruelty people would be over there showing up going, what the fuck did you do to this cat? Besides attempted murder. That's the other thing the kids do. Oh, yeah, the kids also try to murder one of the other, or their own kids later on. But, you know, this is another situation like that movie, uh, Who Can Murder a Child? The kids on this island, oh, I can definitely murder them. They're little bastards. They're throwing cats off of cliffs. They're shoving little girls in the ocean to be eaten. No, I got no problem popping one of these kids. Yeah. Oh, humanoids from the deep. There you go. That's not what. That's not the dragon I was thinking about. But now I'm like, since we're talking about the film, it does kind of remind me because it's one of those towns or like places that's mm-hmm. like right off the water, so they have to like deal with whatever fucking water monsters in there. I wish they would have given. Just a little bit more information about the water. I mean, does it at the end of the day doesn't matter if it has good kills, but the movie is very slow paced and kind of boring. It's one of those where it's just like the last like I don't know, fifteen minutes of the film is where you're gonna get. And there wasn't even that much action in there. It was more of a I I'm not gonna say a drama, but Kind of like a little bit of a travel log kind of movie. Like, 
hey, here's yeah. come to the Greek islands. This is what you'll see. We're going to hang out. We're going to eat some food. We're going to talk about local customs. James Earl Jones is going to go scuba diving a lot and, you know, punching watermelons on the beach. But we're really not going to see a whole Quoting lot. Quoting Shakespeare. Until, yeah. Which is, the thing is, is that James Earl Jones is there looking for a treasure that's unspecified, like where it is, what kind of treasure. He's just looking for this treasure. He finds these coins hidden in an underwater cave, bags them all up, and decides, you know what, there's a sealed off room in this cave. I'm going to blow that open. And now I'm not an explosive expert, but he used about a pound of C4 to blow this up. I'm thinking that might have been a bit of overkill. But hidden behind this wall is where our, you know, horny seahorse monster is at. So he releases it. So if it hadn't been for him, they wouldn't have needed to be throwing girls to the virgin, or, you know, virgins into the sea again. They could have stopped that shit. But thanks to James Earl Jones treasure hunting, they had to. Yeah, James Earl Jones, really, he really messes that up for everybody. And, the one and the first... you know what? Not for nothing. The treasure that he has is literally the saddest. And I said treasure. I, I, that was way over. It's the saddest treasure. It's like 10 fucking coins. We don't even know if it was gold coins. They didn't even like specifically show. We just see that it's some kind of coin. They do have coins in the film, but I don't know if it's the same coins what because I was those wondering were silver. Was the coins that they give to all the virgins? They always give them all the coin, like for Sharon, the boatman. Oh. And I'm wondering if all the coins were down there since that was the monster's cave. If that was all the coins of the people, the the virgins that he had eaten. First of all, so what you're telling me is that the town is sacrificing their women to this monster, but they're also paying the monster because you're right. The girls do come in with coins in their mouths or coins over their eyes or whatever. They have coins like in the beginning when we see the first yep. sacrifice. She ha- She's presented or she's presenting the monster with a fucking coin. Yep. So it's like, here, I'm paying you to eat me. I mean, that's fucked up. And it's not even, you know, like a good sexual thing. And let's talk about the sexual part of the movie. Um, And that's why I was thinking about Humanoids in the Deep. Because it's like, is the monster just horny? I mean, he is quote-unquote horny in one part of his body, as we clearly see in the painting. But what's his deal? Like, because... (laughs) Is he having sex with them before he kills them? Is he just killing them and eating them? What is he doing? That's a whole other movie. James Earl Jones was not going to be in a movie where there was going to be like monsters having sex with bitches. That's not going to be. And even if he's quoting the Shakespeare, baby, that's why he had to bring some level of sophistication in it. Because he's like, you're going to show this crazy monster penis and then you're going to have a white woman withering, like not withering. (laughs) like wiggling on a fucking rock in a see-through nightgown and she's getting really really turned on by water that's dripping on her body like ready for this monster at one point the sister goes down into the cave to sacrifice herself to the monster so that it won't bother anyone else in the village and she's just laying on a rock next to the entrance to the cave just writhing around like she's having the best sex of her life while water splashes on her and the monster never shows up it's just like oh Enjoy yourself. I'll be there in a little while. What What is the monster out doing? Like, I would think it would have been there a lot quicker. It takes it a long time to finally find its way down there to the cave. And by the time it's down there, Martin Cove and James Earl Jones have already shown up, packing a big bunch of explosives to kill it. 
So this monster can't have been too horny or it would have been down that cave a hell of a lot sooner. It was fucking gathering some shrimp and fish and shit. I don't know. It was doing monster business. Yeah, there was something. This is another one of those ones where like, I don't know if they started this movie out and like with different scripts or whatever it was, but it didn't seem like it kind of meshed together very well. No, it didn't. I mean, would I go and say rush out to view this film right now? Um, you know, if you had nothing else to watch and you just wanted to watch like some old eight crazy fucking 80s movie that's just like, okay, what the hell is going on in this movie? And then you get to see, you know, some nips and a water demon. Okay, then have at it. But I don't, I would never see this movie again. That's for sure. I feel like they missed an opportunity. If they're going to be sacrificing virgins, there could have been a lot of opportunities for just gratuitous nudity and monster sex in this that they passed up altogether. <laughs> but monster one of the things sex. that's in this that's a little creepy and weird is at one point, the kids all take the little girl out. They're like, hey, you want to come play with us, little girl? The same one that threw the cat just to scare Martin Cove and his wife earlier. Like She's like, sure, I'll come out and play with you. And then they just throw her over the cliff and into the water. To set the, the kids have decided they're going to sacrifice her to the monster. They throw this little girl in the water in like a, you know, a see-through white gown. This girl can't be older than 12. And they very clearly show her through that like see-through nighty. And you're like, um, did they just show us 12-year-old boobs in this movie? Because that's really weird and uncomfortable. Okay, so, okay, so now that you brought that up. We did not go back to that scene to see what was really going on. It it looks like it was someone else because the boobs were not the boobs of a 12-year-old girl, nor when they showed the girl several times in the film, was her chest that predominant at all. Like, it just looked like a little... She looked like a little girl. In this, I'm saying that she was like a solid, like a, like a full A cup, like A-ish B. She had boobs. But, and also, <laughs> to expand upon that, it looked like it would, they actually showed her boobs and she wasn't even wearing any clothes, like a top. So it, the shot is very, like, that's what I noticed in the shot. But the shot is a very fast shot. I literally didn't think you were going to state this. I thought you were going to state the other weird fucking creepy thing. Well, I don't say creepy, but the weird thing that happened in the end of the film between Martin Oh, Cove, yeah, we're getting there. But, <laughs> and his sister. But before that happens, yeah, that scene was, that scene was weird. I did like that scene because it's, like, the kids are real cruel. But it's like, what's going to happen? This, this is not like, oh, these are some fuck kids that like live in another town or I'm never going to fucking see these kids again. They're the only kids in the town. So it's like, they're all going to grow up together. And it's because of you that my mom, who told me not to hang out with these boys because they were no good, literally comes looking for me, sees, I get, sees that I got thrown off the cliff by these boys, jumps in the water to save me, gets attacked and killed by the fucking monster. So because of you, now my mom is dead. Like, I hate you. Like, I'm... And guess what? You know what really sucks? Since those are the only kids in the town, those are the only prospects for marriage. There was like five boys. So... She's gonna have to grow up and marry one of these boys one day or leave. And one of them is the one that killed her mom, basically. 
yeah, basically, they all did. They all had a hand in it because they're assholes. And it's like, oh, that's fine. And now she has to, like, live with the mayor. Now her and the mayor had, like, every time they showed the mayor after that, he was, like, oh, his hand was always, like, on her shoulder. Or, like, he was, like, she was always with him. Like, because, like, he was, like, the new guardian. Like, what? Okay. Like, (laughs) it's very weird. I thought they were going to sacrifice her because, hello, uh, I mean, I would assume that she's a virgin. And then you had the scene where they're burying her mom and the mayor just comes rushing in and just as before they put the coffin in the ground, takes a hammer and busts the coffin open and puts the silver coin in her mouth just to make sure. It's like, uh, the monster already attacked her and didn't eat her because she wasn't a virgin, but you're still going to put the silver coin with her? That seems a little odd. Well, that was for Sharon, Sharon or whatever. The boatman? Yeah, that was for the boatman. That wasn't for the monster. (sighs) The monster and the boatman both get paid in the same coin. Apparently they do. But yeah, I thought, thought that was weird. And then, the end of the movie. Oh, thank you, brother, for rescuing me from this monster. Even though I did not try to get rescued, I was bothered that you were rescuing me in the midst of my horny, water-dripping ecstasy moment that I was having. And um, now we're going to share a very awkward, weird kiss where... He does not pull away from it. Yeah, it's very strange. I now if if they if it said it like okay, she was down there in the, like the monster cave and she was you know super turned on, horny from the magic of the monster, and she kissed her brother afterwards and he pushed her away and was like, "What the hell are you doing?" But no, after this happens, he carries her out, puts her up on the boat. They're sitting there like the the explosion has happened and destroyed the monster because James Earl Jones carried the rest of the C four down there with him. And when the monster came up on him and started biting him in the dick. <laughs> dick biting. Yeah. I yeah. So <laughs> James Earl Jones just blows this thing hand himself to bits because he's like, no one bites James Earl Jones's dick. Blew this thing to hell. They're up on the boat. They're watching, you know, the fire come up from under the water. The fireball comes up and she kind of relaxes against the boat. And then at first, kind of like she just hugged him and kind of kissed him like on the forehead. And I was like, oh, okay. But then she just leans in full on tongue kiss. Martin Cove, who at no point has said anything like, oh, our, you know, there, we had a close relationship or anything like this. He does not lean away. He just leans into it and takes a tongue kiss from his sister. Then just goes and picks up his wife and they all just leave the island like nothing's happened. There's one of those like... Yeah, we're not going to talk about that night ever. Well, now, not to bring up a gross moment, and I, we, we should have gone back, but I didn't notice. When after he kisses, because you know in like film and like TV history, if there's like two people that are kissing, okay, then there's a cutaway. And it's like the next day, like it's like a black screen real fast and a cutaway. Doesn't that, isn't that an insinuation that they had sex? I was hoping not in this case. I was really hoping they didn't. (laughs) I don't know when they would have had time to have sex, but the only way. Look, now you're assuming, you're you're saying they they have to find time to have sex. You're assuming they had to find a lot of time to have good sex. They could have had it quick, nasty on the deck of the boat while the monster's burning out in the sea and been done. It could have been over in two minutes. Well, okay, you're right. And also, I do want to add, what's the best way to 
not get attacked by the monster that's after virgins. Don't be a virgin. So maybe the brother was trying to do her saw them was like, look, we're just going to bang one out real quick. But then again, the monster ate some other people that weren't virgins. But he ate them. We don't know what he does because they never really showed. The first girl that got sacrificed, we don't see what happens to her. Yeah, so the It's thing just was, the imagination. Who knows? She could be locked up in the cave shining the fucking coins. We don't know what we're, <laughs> what's happening to these girls. They're just real pretty, like with fucking flowers in their hair and coins. Who knows what they're doing? Maybe he's running a whole... Maybe it's like a Orange is a New Black. Maybe they're selling like Greek panties in the fucking cave and he's like making money off of them. I don't know what's happening to these women. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it will eat non-virgins. I'm sorry, it will attack non-virgins. It just doesn't eat them. So maybe it's like, look, I will fuck with you and kill you, but I'm not going to eat you. I only prefer the virgin meat. Because the virgin meat is the best. It's untainted. I guess so. Fresh flesh meat. <laughs> But so I'm gonna give this movie uh, like a one and a half stars. What stars? Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm tired tonight. One and a half knives. So you got me doing it after all this time. Finally, I know I've only done it 95 times. When they get on you, the one time you do it, I'm also gonna give it. No, I'm gonna give it one knife. I can't even. I can't even justify giving it another half of a knife because, I mean. I don't know. I'm going to give it a knife and we're going to call it a day. Yeah, there was some nice scenery in it and a, a nice monster design. And it was a pretty cool painting of the monster. This would have been... You a, said it's a pretty cool painting. It's like a basic fucking painting. But <laughs> but it was supposed to be like a, you know, like an old time yeah. painting thing of it. Like the net style. So I'll give it that. And I feel like this is one of those ones that if you remade it and added a little bit more story to it, then it, it could be a decent enough movie. Yeah, this is where you fall short, people. Hollywood, take some advice, okay? Some Stop mo- remaking the really good movies. Exactly. Find the bad movies and remake those into good ones. Exactly. Because if you took this and added in some new effects, had a little bit better monster in it, and, and uh, the thing was only like 87 minutes long, it just seemed like it was two and a half hours long. <laughs> and, you know, just add a little bit more characterization, some more action happening in it. This could be a pretty decent movie. It could have been a pretty decent movie. And you don't even have to get graphic with the whole, like, sex monster thing. It could just be, you know, a monster that's after uh, virgins. You know who could do this movie? That freaking guy that, that everyone loves. The creepy guy. The really creepy guy that did uh, uh, Mod Summer. Whatever the hell the name is. Uh, oh, uh, Ari Oster? Yes. Ari Oster. Ari Oster, do this fucking movie. But maybe he did, because that's kind of this is kind of midsummer. They're sacri- not virgins, but they're sacrificing people and doing Maybe he things. saw this. And they're also by the sea, aren't they? They're like in some weird like Wicker Man style, like island. Off uh, the no, freaking... midsummer's like in the mountains, I believe. Oh, it's in the mountains? Okay. Oh, yeah, because they're getting thrown off the... I did not care to lose three hours of my life to watch people be crazy, throwing themselves off and being crazy so i was good after i saw the, uh, hereditary i was like uh, i'm done i don't need to see any more from this guy super talented but i just don't care to see any of his films <laughs> it's too much for me it's that's a whole other conversation but for this film uh the one knife still stands and you're right they pick something that is like this caliber and make it better because it it could it could become a good film i i just you know it was you're right it was 87 minutes and it did feel like it was two hours 
you or know? longer. It felt like it was a two and a half hour movie. Watched it was like, oh, it was only eighty seven minutes. I like the fact that it was in Greece. I liked the uh, the look of it. You know, them going around. I like that kind of. I don't know what it was, but like in the seventies and eighties, it was all about like treasure hunting. And then some shit happening during said treasure hunt where you have to, like, solve the problem. Yeah. You know? Like, treasure hunting was a big thing. Like, romancing the stone. Isn't that a freaking... She's going to save her, obviously. She's going to save her sister. But in all that chaos, she finds someone that is... Treasure hunting. And then you had movies like The Deep. They were... It wasn't really treasure in that one. It was a crashed ship full of morphine or something, I believe. They had the island where it was like modern day pirates where it had all this treasure. There was a lot of these things going on in the 70s and 80s. And I think it was because people were finally able to have like affordable diving gear that you could take and just do it yourself. You didn't have to be like a professional. You could just get your scuba tank and dive down to the water and start looking for stuff. And this was the first time you could really do that, you know? Yeah. Also, it's untapped territory. Like, okay, we've seen movies on land. Like... The water is like space. It's the equivalent of space. It's unknown. It's vast. All kinds of crazy shit could be down there. And, you know, you could find all kinds of stuff, you know. So there's a lot. There's a lot you can do with that. And you're just not safe in the water. Yeah, you're definitely not safe. There's always something out there looking to eat you. You're going to drown. Something can happen to any of that. So I think that's a lot of it. There's a danger element of it. And then there's that excitement of, ooh, I'm going to be the one to find all this treasure and become rich. It's, a, it's like winning the lottery. You're going to you know, go down in the lake for a little while. You're going to find all this money. You're going to retire. Even though we did both give it very low scores for very low knife uh, readings, I don't regret watching the film. I would rather watch this 5,000 times than watch any movie by Rob Zombie. Like, <laughs> I, I would watch this all day long on repeat, okay? Than watch any of his films. So definitely, that's that's how I'm sticking with my rating. It's I, worth. It's, it's a good enough movie to go see and watch. Do I need to own the fancy Blu-ray of it? No. No, this should not be in Blu-ray. Who do not make this in Blu-ray? I don't. This is not a movie. Oh, that, it's released in a fancy like collector's edition Blu-ray. No, who's collecting this in Blu-ray? The monster, though. I'm man. I wish I could remember the monster I'm thinking about. It's from one of those like '80s like fantasy. Where the dragon is like colored like white. But it just, it looks real creepy, you know? Kind of like, it also reminds me, Hell, the ending of Hellraiser. Yeah, the creature at the end of that. Yes. Yeah, like I said, there's some interesting ideas in the movie. They just don't do much with them. They don't explore them very well. This is one of those ones that could be remade would be amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of our Monster Mayhem even though technically there wasn't a lot of monster in this film, <laughs> it was still enjoyable to watch, you know, James Earl Jones being, you know, going around being crazy and Martin Cove, you know, young and being Martin Cove with his gold chain and hairy chest. So <laughs> that was worth it all for me. Thank you so much and stay tuned to the horror. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.